And just like that, the preseason is over. The next time you see the pigskin being thrown around, pads and helmets popping, clashing, it's going to include your Kansas City Chiefs. So that's going to be very exciting to see less than a week away from kickoff. The Chiefs are normally used to getting 10 days uh, occasionally, every I think only once actually, 11 days to prepare for the first game of the, of the season. But now it's going to be a little different. You've got less than a week, and Andy Reid, of course, has got all this game prep to do. He's got three days less than what he usually has. So he's got to prepare for the reigning Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. So there's a lot to go into here uh, as Brett Veach is going to be focusing on trimming the roster to 53 players and also trying to add some guys to the practice squad. It's going to be a very interesting cut. So I'll talk about that in just a moment. It's going to be a relatively short show. I'm Farzi Vasugian here, the host of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Thank you guys, as always, for downloading and listening to the Chiefs Zone Podcast. As always, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Also, interact with me on social media, facebook.com slash Farzi Vasugian, and follow me on Twitter at Farzi21. You guys can also email me, farzine at farzivasugian.com. Pretty much, we're going to recap the final preseason game with Pat Mahomes, who I thought lived up to expectations in the final preseason game. And I'll tell you whether or not I thought this was a successful preseason or not. Well, I mean, how do you determine a successful preseason? I mean, it's just a preseason. I'll tell you how in just a moment. And then also I'll give you guys, not necessarily my 53 guys, uh, because I, I, I feel like you guys would get bored to death if I sat here and talked about all 53 guys who could be on the team. Uh, but I'll talk about the guys who I thought shined the most and guys who I think could crack a roster spot. And plus, some of the surprises that I'm seeing in terms of guys who could get cut by the Chiefs that I disagree with. So I'll get into all of that in just a moment. Uh, not going to preview the season just yet. I'll do that on Tuesday's podcast. Tuesday's podcast, we'll do a full-blown Chiefs preview. I'll give you guys my Chiefs record for this season. I'll also go around the NFL and give you guys my prediction for all of the divisions and who I think will win the Super Bowl and who will represent both uh teams for the AFC title game and in the NFC title game. So I'll get into all of that next podcast. Not going to go around the league, uh, go out of bounds and do the penalty flags this segment, uh, just due to the fact that I'm kind of short on time. I'm actually recording this Friday morning and a few hours. I'm actually heading out to Las Vegas for the weekend. So I hope you guys all have a safe and great Labor Day weekend. Before I do get started with the show, I did talk about this with JJ Watt at the time when I discussed this a couple of days ago, I did not realize the magnitude of how t- how bad this really was in Houston with uh, Hurricane Harvey. Of course, uh, Chiefs President Mark Donovan was on the preseason bro- broadcast. He talked about it as well. He t- mentioned that he was in touch with the Texas front office about four times trying to see what they can do to help. And a lot of people, of course, helping out, which is great. Uh, like I said, I didn't realize the magnitude of this at the time when I discussed this. I knew it was bad. Uh, but there have been discussions that uh, there was some sort of study done that this kind of a hurricane happens once every 1,000 years. And word is that this is actually worse than Hurricane Katrina. And if I'm not mistaken, I, I know that people are shocked when they hear this, but New Orleans has not fully recovered from that. And if Hurricane Harvey is worse than what Katrina was for New Orleans, how long do you think it could take for Houston to recover from this? I mean, it's going to take them a very long time. And, I mean, you continue to see photos of people going out there trying to rescue people, uh, rescue animals, pets. Um, Just a very, very sad story. I mean, you see people on social media talking about how they were trying to connect. Uh, There was uh, one guy on CNN who I 
I saw his interview. He was talking about how the last conversation he had with his dad was about the McGregor-Mayweather fight because this is when it all went down or was about to go down. Uh, just a very sad situation. Listen, uh, I urge you guys. I mean, I, I, I've done my donation. Uh, I understand that some people financially, I mean, they don't have a lot to give. Please give something. Whether it's money, whether you want to give clothes, food, uh, diapers, baby wipes, whatever. Uh, do your research on these things because people. The, the number one thing people send are clothes. And it gets to the point where, and I don't want to say there's like a surplus of clothing, but there's so much of that and there's not enough of everything else. I mean, keep in mind, there are also babies involved. There are uh, The research that I did for the charity I donated to, uh, they talked about how they don't have enough diapers. They don't have... Uh, cleaning materials, uh, toothbrush, toothpaste, soap, uh, water, both for drinking and uh, for cleaning. Uh, so many things that need to be done. Even if it's just $5 or you want to throw in just, you know, one bag of diapers. Anything you can do to help means a lot. And I, even if it's just 5 bucks, and people may think 5 bucks is not enough, but if 500 people put in 500 uh, 500 people put in 5 bucks that's 2500 bucks now 2500 of course not enough to be the solution but it still helps every bit helps uh, for, very fortunately you've got people like JJ Watt who started off with what his goal was not even a million i think below that and he has raised 12 million dollars i think when i spoke on the podcast i think i said 7 or 8 million that number has rose to 12 million if he's not the man of the year or the person of the year i don't know who is this guy never gets in trouble, great player on the field, an even greater person off the field, always gives back to fans, the community, and this is just another example of what he does off the field that makes him even more liked. It's okay if you dislike him for the 60 minutes if he plays against your team, but man, uh, the uh, the disaster over in Houston and the surrounding areas, uh, I mean, they need help. Anything you could, uh, don't be Joel Osteen, don't be that D-bag. You guys, if you guys listen to the last podcast in the penalty flag segment, you guys heard me go off on him. Don't be that guy who gives in after the criticism. Do something about it. Be part of the solution. And, and here's one other thing. I hear, I mean, there are a lot of celebrities who are who are putting in a certain amount. I know a, a few celebrities who are obviously very wealthy and very rich didn't put a certain amount. Like Donald Trump, for example, put in a million dollars. And again, I, I don't care what your allegiance is with politics. I'm seeing on social media there's like a contest over who donates the most and that Obama and Clinton haven't donated anything. Look, I don't know why things have to be a con- First of all, not everyone's, uh, not every public figure's donation has to be public. Who's, who's to say that Obama didn't donate? Maybe he just doesn't want to be public about it. The president, okay, I can understand. He's the president of our country, so... His donation, it, it kind of has to be public. At the same time, it doesn't have to be. My point is, don't turn this into a contest. And, you know, like, everything has to be a political war in our country. I mean, I mean, look, the whole national anthem thing with people kneeling or not kneeling, whatever the case is, and now, now, now we're having debates over who's putting in money and who's not. Don't be part of the issue. Don't be part of the argument. Be part of the solution. There's a UFC fighter, Derek Lewis, who is out there actually trying to help people in Houston. I mean, we need more people like Derek Lewis, more people like J.J. Watt. And again, I mean, at least these people are putting in money. J.J. Watt putting in millions. There are lots of 
athletes who are putting in millions of dollars, celebrities, you, you name it. A lot of rich people that are putting in millions of dollars. So there are people out there who are putting in a lot of money. And even when you add in you know, 500 people putting in five bucks, that still goes a long way too. It adds up. I mean, think about what you might do on a weekend. You go out to drink beer with your buddies or, or Starbucks or get your coffee, whatever. Skip that for one, maybe two days. Because trust me, you'll be just fine. And when you when you get through your weekend or, or your day without coffee, whatever, you'll be just fine. People in Houston need that money a lot more. So please, I urge you guys to do anything you can about the situation to try to help be part of the solution rather than be like these goofballs on Facebook and Twitter who are arguing about who who's donating and who's not and who, how much someone should be donating. Uh, here's my rule of thumb. If, if you're criticizing the president for... Again, whether you like him or not, if you're criticizing him for putting in a million, and again, I think he should put more, but it's his money, not mine. Uh, if you can do more, good, then great. But if you can't, then don't criticize someone for it. Again, I understand everyone's financially different, but be part of the solution. You know, I might put down five, you might put down a hundred, or you put down five, I put down a hundred. It all adds up eventually. It really does. And it can go a long way for a city that could be in recovery mode for a very, very long time. So please, I urge you guys, do anything you can to help out the people in Houston who need it. All right, let's switch gears here and talk about the preseason game from Thursday night. The Kansas City Chiefs pick up a 30-6 victory over the Titans. Uh, nice to see Alex, Alex or uh, not Alex Smith, uh, Matt Castle and Alex Tanny back. Well, yeah, one of the Alexes. Uh, kind of interesting to see them back, but not a big deal. I mean, it is a preseason game. I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that's Matt Castle's first game back actually playing at Arrowhead. I know he was here last year with the Titans uh, when Suckup had that game-winning field goal, but I think that was his first time playing. So kind of Kind of funny to see him uh, on the other side when you see the Chiefs draft a quarterback who does it very well. And let's talk about that. Pat Mahomes, what a phenomenal game for him. In the first quarter, connected with Demarcus Robinson, who is also worth talking about in this podcast, on a 53-yard pass, long bomb to get to the other side of the field. Then on another big play in the second quarter, had plenty of time in the pocket. Got all the blocking he needed. He even turned around just to make sure there wasn't a defender there when there wasn't. But had to be clear of that, which is great to see. And just to see his confidence in his blo- in his blocking, really. And once he knew that he had room to scramble, he didn't have anyone behind him chasing him. He did exactly just that when he needed to. And connected with Demarcus Robinson on a perfectly thrown pass. Slightly overthrown, but... Not, not too overthrown. It was just enough to allow Demarcus Robinson to make that very spectacular catch. A uh, great effort to hold on to that while he was being tackled. So a great play there. And then again, uh, from 28 yards out, Mahomes connects with Robinson on a touchdown right before halftime. So that was good to see. Uh, you you can't you can't hate what you saw from Pat Mahomes, especially this preseason. If I'm not mistaken, he's thrown the most passing yards out of the four quarterbacks. Uh, that were drafted in the first and second rounds, including Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Kaiser. So, got a lot of positive things to say about Pat Mahomes in this one. He had one lost fumble this preseason, and that was the final game of the preseason, which, of course, you you got to take into. He's a rookie, and that you've got to work on that with him. He almost threw an interception on three different occasions. One of them was not his fault. That was on a pass to Ross Travis, the tight end who did not have a very good game in this case. If that was Travis Kelsey, you'd like to think that Kelsey would have hung under that football there. 
and it wouldn't even have come close to an interception. The second time it happened, uh, I can't remember who he was throwing to, but there was one safety down under and another safety behind and pretty much throwing into into traffic, uh, pretty much double coverage. And that's an, that's something that, you know, a guy like Pat Mahomes, a guy who's taken very high in the draft, you've got to make sure that he doesn't make those kinds of throws. Alex Smith, you know, generally more times than not, 99 times out of 100, he won't throw that pass there because that's the risk that you could take for turning the football over. So that's another thing that they've got to work on with Mahomes there. And then uh, one of them, again, I cannot remember the name of the receiver, but... Uh, uh, I want to say it was Marcus Kemp uh, who was there uh, when this happened. Uh, Marcus Kemp or Shontavious Jones, one of those two, uh, tried to throw the football near the sidelines. That one was almost picked up. So you had a couple of close calls here. Uh, no interceptions the entire the entire preseason. So that's a good part. And again, as far as close calls go, uh, there might be... I mean, you've got to also consider that he did not get a lot of help from... The team last week, plus this week, a couple of issues, like I mentioned with the Ross Travis one, that didn't help him out too much, and that could have been an interception, which the Titans tried to challenge. Not enough evidence to overturn that. So, for the most part, I thought Pat Mahomes had a fairly good game. Fairly good game, did enough to earn himself the backup job. Now, you guys know my thoughts on this. Uh, You've spent so much trying to trade up for him, and you're paying him a lot of money for his first couple of years, so... Not a fan of it, even if the team has a good record, if the quarterback play can be better, I definitely think you've got to consider that move at some point this season. I'm just not a fan of a guy sitting up. If he sits out for a year or maybe two, he's going to make mistakes in that third year in 2019. You expect him to be ready to go, but listen, I've said this before. Uh, I mean, unless you're actually in the field doing the job, you're not going to learn when you're training just watching someone. You've got to go out there. You've got to make them mistakes because then you'll learn not to make that mistake moving forward. So uh, we'll, we'll see how the Chiefs go with the quarterback situation. But for now, it is Alex Smith. Pat Mahomes is going to be the backup. Tyler Bray or Joel Stave likely to be one of the backups on the team. I think that's one of the decisions that the Chiefs have got to make. I think they're going to go with Tyler Bray in this one, though, and Stave likely to be one of the backups. Unfortunately, with Spencer Ware down, it looks like Kareem Hunt, as uh, Andy Reid mentioned, he will be the primary back for the Chiefs heading into the NFL opener in Foxborough. Sharkhandrick West right behind him, and I think C.J. Spiller has also done enough to earn himself a roster spot. I think Redding is going to be one of the guys who could end up on the practice squad. You know Anthony Sherman's going to be your fullback. You know Travis Kelsey is your tight end. Demetrius Harris right behind him. I think a solid one-two combo right there. Uh, Demetrius Harris, I think out of the 32 backup tight ends, he's certainly one of the better ones in the NFL. If you were to hit the free agent market and go to the team that has the worst tight end situation, I think he could be a starter there. So that tells you that you've got a good group of tight ends here. Gavin Escobar, I think a guy who could contribute, did some things with the Dallas Cowboys, trying to bring that here to Kansas City. Wide receivers. This is a tough one. Again, you, you've got you've got Tyree Kill, who we don't need to get into it. You've got Chris Conley, a guy who you're waiting to really step up and make some plays. Albert Wilson, he's got some speed there, but we haven't seen him do a lot of damage on the field. Demarcus Robinson, great preseason for him, but we've got to see that translate into a real game. And he's got to try to do it against guys that he, that are starters. And you got to also consider how much time, playing time could he get. DeAnthony Thomas, again, similar to Albert Wilson, and even Demarcus Robinson, who's got some speed. Uh, what, 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 what will you see from him? As far as the sixth receiver spot, I think 
it could either go to Marcus Kemp or Shontavious Jones. Uh, J.U. Chisana, worth mentioning, uh, and I'll get to special teams in a moment, but uh, I think you... You've, I think if, if there are three receivers, it's Kemp, Jones, and Chasson, and it could da- come down to who was the better special teams player. Uh, and look, why not? Let's get into that real quickly. You know that Tyreek Hill is going to be doing a lot on offense for you this year. So it's been nice to see DeAnthony Thomas and Chasson step up in the preseason in the return game because maybe the Chiefs come to a point, not that I would be a fan of this, but I could also understand the move, moving Tyreek Hill away from special teams and having him be just primarily an offensive player. Not saying that he can't do what Antonio Brown does for the Steelers, but with his size and being smaller than a lot of these defensive players out there who like to hit hard and and lay out these smaller guys, it's always best to play it safe, especially if you can get strong production from D'Anthony Thomas and or J.U. Chisson or someone else on this team on uh, in the return game in that department, then you go for it. If you can get the same production from D'Anthony Thomas uh, to be like Tyreek Hill last year on special teams, then leave it all up to D'Anthony Thomas. Let Tyreek Hill be their primary guy on, on offense as a wide receiver because... That'll make that, that that puts less on his shoulders, less on his plate, and DeAnthony Thomas can handle those duties on special teams. Or if you get a multiple people, one guy handles a kick return duties like DeAnthony Thomas, or or excuse me, and just on handling the punt return duties. So again, and when you have Dave, Dave Tobe as your special teams coordinator, you'll you'll get a lot done. You can make anyone look good. I mean, keep in mind. I mean, this is a guy who coached Devin Hester and created arguably barely ahead of Dante Hall, one of the best returners in the game, maybe the best. So I think because of his special teams abilities, I think Chesson could beat out Jones and Kemp. Uh, Not sure if the Chiefs would entertain the idea of seven wide receivers. I've seen some people on social media throw that out there. I think that's way too much. Perhaps it could go to guys on the practice squad. So that's something to keep in mind. Offensive linemen, uh, I did not mention this, but the Chiefs did acquire Cameron Irving from the Cleveland Browns, giving up, I, I think, a fifth-round draft pick. Former first-round pick didn't has not done very well for the Cleveland Browns, so this is a guy who's going to be adding depth. But I also think with playing under Andy Reid's coaching staff, he can be a guy that improves and can eventually play like he what he was supposed to be for Cleveland. So I think that's something that you've got to consider. I know a lot of people were not a fan of this trade, but I think he can do better. I know Pro Football Focus rated him as one of the worst pass blockers in the league, so hopefully he can improve on that here in Kansas City. But for the most part, your starters, no surprise, you got Eric Fisher, who's gradually gotten better. Uh, Brian Witzman as your left guard. Zach Fulton, also one of the backups there, some, someone that could contribute a lot more uh, despite being a backup, Ja Reed recently cut. So Mitch, Mitchell Schwartz, obviously going to be your right tackle. Laurent DuVernay-Tardif, an underrated right guard. Mitch Schwartz got off to a really great start his rookie season. Kind of took a step back his second season. So I think in his third year in the NFL, being a former Mizzou Tiger too. Uh, of course, a lot of fans in the area. Uh, this is a guy who's got to step up for sure under center. Uh, I, I, didn't think, I don't think he was horrible, but he wasn't as good as he was his rookie season. So that is definitely an area that you want to see uh, improvement. Uh the center spot with Mitch Morse being there. So there's your offense. I think offensive lineman, fairly good and somewhat underrated quarterback play. Listen, if Alex Smith can do what he did in 2013 and 2014, great. If not, at some point you got to consider the change. Kareem Hunt, a lot of people, uh, you guys said on Facebook, he could be the guy that has a breakout season. Uh, if you didn't say Hunt, then you said, uh, 
Uh, can't find his name. Of course, Conley. I asked you guys that on the Facebook page, and people either said Kareem Hunt or Chris Conley. One of those two guys likely to have a breakout season. I thought it was going to be Spencer Ware, but fortunately, that's not going to be the case for him this year due to his knee injury. So switching to the other side of the football, looking at the defensive side, uh, you guys know me. I love this defense. I really do. Uh, defensive line, going to be great this year. You've got Chris Jones, Allen Bailey uh, on the ends. You've got Benny Logan anchoring that defensive line. And as far as your edge rushers go, Passanio is a guy who's looked very good in the preseason. Rakeem Nunes Rochas have also contributed for the Chiefs here and there, has had some flashes in the regular season. So that's a guy that you definitely want to keep an eye on. David King is a guy who's done some good things in the preseason, but again, he hasn't shown much in the regular season. So maybe he does enough in the preseason and in uh, practices to earn himself a spot, but uh, he is, he's likely going to be probably a third-string guy on your defensive line. Linebackers, uh, this one of the best in the NFL. Justin Houston, D. Ford, Tom Bahali, who may start the season on the PUP list. That was Torres Paylor's prediction. Uh, but overall, I mean, you've got you've got some fairly good pass rushers with your outside linebackers. Derek Johnson coming back, expected to be as good as ever. Reggie Ragland coming back, he's expected to do very well coming in from the Buffalo Bills. So that'll be nice to see him. Uh, Leagueway had a very good play in the preseason, last preseason game, getting the tip pass and the interception. Ramik Wilson had some very good flashes last year playing alongside Derek Johnson. Josh Manga no longer on this team, so there's going to be some room for guys to try to step up and uh, and play a lot. Uh, Wilson likely to rotate with some of these guys. Maybe Ragland eventually takes over that spot and plays alongside Derek Johnson as a starter. So that's kind of an area to look at. Quarterbacks, I do want to mention this. Joe Hayden was let go earlier this week, and on the same day, signed with the Steelers. I know he didn't do good his last two years, but I think coaching is a part of that. If he comes to Kansas City, man, if he did, uh, obviously not going to happen, so I don't want to get on this too much. Uh, Chiefs fans are glad he's not here because of the last two years. And I completely disagree. Listen, in Kansas, if he were to come to Kansas City, you would have had Andy Reid as your head coach. You would have had Bob Sutton as your defensive coordinator, who I think is a little underappreciated. And then your secondary coach was going to be Emmett Thomas, former Super Bowl champion, Pro Football Hall of Famer, and guys like Brandon Flowers, Eric Berry, Marcus Peters, have all improved with Emma Thomas as their position coach. So I think that would have been a good situation, but not going to be the case. Instead, you've got Marcus Peters, arguably the number one cornerback in the NFL, improved a lot last year with his coverage as a sophomore. You have Steven Nelson, who's going to probably get more chances as a starting cornerback, was probably the best slot corner last year. Now is going to be a starter going up against the number two guys, maybe occasionally a number one wide receiver's. So that's going to be something to look out for. Philip Gaines, Terrence Mitchell. I thought Mitchell did very good for the Chiefs joining the team late in the season. And you kind of wonder what his role could be with the team. I think the Chiefs are set with that cornerback spot. Just thought they could have been better with Hayden. But I think for now, they are just fine with what they have. Philip Gaines, I think, will still be on the team. And I think DJ White uh, for the Chiefs will also crack a roster spot. A guy who they drafted a couple of years ago. Kenneth Acker could be the odd man out. Maybe they go with six corners. We'll see with that. But as far as safeties go... Ron Parker, Eric Berry, your obvious starters. Ron Parker, again, an underrated safety, uh, was one of the league leaders in pass deflections last year. And I know every media outlet ha- holds that statistic differently. They 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 count it differently. But according to the Chiefs, he had one of the more pass deflections last year. Eric Berry, don't need to get into him. You guys know the deal. Has that foot injury that he was held out in the preseason for. Likely to be ready to go 
in less than a week on Thursday Night Football when the Chiefs visit the Patriots. Daniel Sorensen, a guy who's really improved the past couple of years, I thought, I remember his first season, I think in 2014, had a very horrible preseason, but I think he did a lot better, so uh, I, I think he he's going to continue to do better and be actively rotating in and out with the Chiefs. Uh, I know Leon McQuay is a guy who the Chiefs drafted, but I don't know if uh, he did enough to crack open a roster spot, but... There you have it. I pretty much broke down the main 22 starters, plus a few backups here and there. As far as guys who may crack a roster spot, I, I, I care to go into detail with that with the wide receivers, but the rest of the positions, I mean, look, it, I'm not going to pretend like I really paid that close attention uh, if I'm just being completely honest. Because there are people who claim that they followed this preseason closely in the position battles. I'm not going to pretend like I did. People in the media who say they do, they didn't. They really, look at Trent Green and Carter Blackburn, which, thank God, we're done with hearing from those two guys from the, for the broadcast, uh, for games, but they were eating barbecue and weren't even paying attention to what was going on uh, on the field. That just tells you how boring the fourth game of, uh, of the preseason is. It, it's really the most boring thing in the world. The Pro Bowl is more entertaining than that. So that's a decision the Chiefs have got to make, who they want to put in and who they might go after that could be available in the free agent market after some of the roster cuts take place around the NFL. All right, I am off to Las Vegas. Hope you guys enjoyed this short edition of the Chiefs Zone podcast. Uh, There is a question on the Facebook page. I don't want to read it this episode. I'll read it next episode. But I asked you guys about the fact that the Chiefs have six primetime games, the most in the NFL, and they start off going on the road playing the Patriots, the reigning Super Bowl champions, which... I know Chiefs fans aren't used to this kind of national exposure, and they have always complained about it. You're getting it now. So let me know what your guys' thoughts are. Opening up the season with that national exposure, going on the road, and being picked as the team to play the reigning Super Bowl champions. Surely, I mean, that's a, that's a, not many, the NFL always wants to have the best primetime games possible. You're not always going to hit a home run here. You're going to strike out occasionally, but... They picked the Chiefs, and there's a reason they did that. So I think that's definitely something to really be excited about. Let me know your guys' thoughts. Facebook.com slash Farzivasugian. Send me a tweet at Farzine21. Give my page a like and let me know on social media. You guys can also email me, Farzine at Farzinevasugian.com. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Share it on social media. Great for the podcast. Let a friend know about it. And do subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Thank you guys again for downloading and listening to the Chiefs Zone podcast. Again, Anything you guys can do to help out the people in Houston, Texas, and the surrounding cities as they're struggling and the rebuilding process could take years, uh, a very long time. Anything you can do to help out would be greatly appreciated. So do your research on these on these charities. A lot of people, unfortunately, there are some scammers out there. Like, people really need it more than the people in Houston. Very unfortunate that some people do that. So please do your research before putting your money. Make sure you know what your money's going into. And uh, please help out the people in Houston. Much needed for those people down there. I'm Farzee Vasugian. Thank you guys again for listening to the Chiefs Zone Podcast. I will talk to you guys on Tuesday. I'll do a full season recap, give you guys my game-by-game predictions, give you my Chiefs record, how far they'll go in the season. Also break down the entire NFL, give you guys my predictions, who's going to win each division, who's going to make it to the playoffs, and the AFC and NFC title matches, plus my Super Bowl prediction. I'll give you guys that next podcast as well. Plus... We'll bring back the segments around the NFL going out of bounds, and I'll bring back my penalty flags in that podcast as well. So Tuesday, that'll be the preview podcast. Of course, the biggest 
part of that podcast, we'll preview the Chiefs and the Patriots. First preview of the season. Going to be very exciting to see. So, looking forward to it. Again, let a friend know about the Chiefs on podcast. Until then, talk to you guys later. Have a safe and fun Labor Day weekend. Take care.